you're worthy, Lord, and we love you. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Well, we're just really blessed that we get to hear the word of the Lord from Pastor Kirsten tonight, our own Pastor Kirsten. So give him a warm welcome. Hey, you may be seated. Hey, praise the Lord. I'm so glad you're here. I just had to make an emergency run to the house and back. You ever do one of those? Help! That's when you get stuck behind the person driving. Right? Yeah. If that was you, I'm sorry about all those things I called you. I hope you didn't hear me. They were real spiritual. And holy. Yeah. I only say holy things to rude drivers. Yikes. Praise the Lord. This is going to be fun. I'm so glad I get to be here tonight and share. Pastor Daniel asked me if I would preach tonight. And uh, so, Pastor Vince, could you help me? Could I have that pulpit right over there? That would be really great. We're going to look at three different things that all go together that, have a, that are a, a key concept in raising a godly family. This is part three tonight of what I'm calling Parents' Toolbox. About a year and a half ago, my wife and I did a class on a Wednesday night. Thank you, Pastor Vince. We did a class on a Wednesday night called Parents' Toolbox. It was five Wednesdays in a row. And those of you that were there, I, I hope you benefited from it. Uh, tonight, I'm sharing uh, a concept that's going to help you defy space and time. Tonight, you get to go into the future, crossing space and time, and talk to people you will never see. It's your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your great-great-grandchildren, and I'm going to help you today to tell them all about God's goodness and greatness and help you today put things, you're going to manipulate their minds and their thoughts to what they know and remember about you. So that what they remember about you is the good things God did in your life and the miracles that he's done for you, including saving your life, and you don't even have to be there. So would you, uh, would, let's take a moment to pray, and then uh, I've, gonna got, I've got some notes here. I intentionally did not have the ushers pass these out because I didn't want them passed out early, but just a moment, we're going to pray, and then uh, we'll get started. Are you ready? Hopefully you got something to write with, maybe like a pen or a pencil, or maybe you like are really fast with your thumbs and you want to take notes. I'm not. I got fat thumbs, and so I hit the wrong things all the time. It's really troublesome when you're trying to send a text message, and it's the wrong words. Praise the Lord for autocorrect, kind of. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, this great opportunity to share tonight on godly families, raising children, Lord, the wonderful privilege of getting to be a parent, grandparent, auntie and uncle, foster parent, Lord, even whatever family styles and pictures that we have today that are in the room and for those that are watching online, some of them uh, at a future day will look back on these. God, you're going to speak to us. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to receive. And God, I pray that you would inspire us tonight from your word in raising families, raising children, grandchildren, and speaking to generations 
that are not yet here, but one day they will be. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. So would you take one of these notes, and while you're doing it, I'll tell you a story. We love to tell stories in my house. This is one of our favorite. I was a little boy, and it was a hot day. I think my mom might be watching. And maybe my dad. I don't don't know who else is watching. Hi. Text me. All right. It was a hot day in Oklahoma. Mom, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I think I embarrassed you on this day. Anyway, it was a hot day in Oklahoma, and I was a little boy with my grandpa, and he was a plumber, and he was at uh, this, like, uh, shop where you go buy plumbing things, uh, store, whatever, like a where, uh, hardware store type thing. And so he left me out in, the, in his truck, and I was chewing a, a lot of gum, like a big wad of gum, and it had lost its flavor like three days ago. And so uh, we were sitting, it was kind of on a busy road, and we're parked, you know, kind of parallel parked, one of those. I know they don't really exist anymore, but, you know, we were parallel parked, and there's cars go up and up in that road, and I decided that it would be fun to take my big wad of chewing gum and see if I could hit the next car that comes by. No, boys and girls. I'm not telling you to do this. You haven't heard the end of the story. So here I am. The windows are down. And I take my big wad of gum, and here comes the next car. So I chuck it out the window, and the car screeches its brakes on. It was an older lady, and I had hit her in the side of the head. (laughs) Things didn't go too well after that moment, but my Kids think it's hysterical. One of my sons decided, Dad, for my birthday, can we go down to the flats with a lot of chewing gum and try to hit old ladies with the gum? Okay, I should have never told that story. You got any of those stories? You're like, oh, I should never have told that. We do. We love to tell stories at my house. And, you know, there are things that do need to be passed on. I'm not sure the story of hitting Granny Puckett upside the head with a piece of gum is one of those. Probably not. But there are things that do need to be passed on. They need to be passed on even when I'm not here to pass them on. The amazing things that God has done in my wife and I's life, they need to be heard to my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. They need to be passed on. And that's what I want to help us today look at. Because that is a God thing for families to pass those things on. Mark the time. I don't have the notes in front of me that you have, but I've got the things to fill in. It's a three-part message, and I'm going to take just a few minutes on each one of them. And my hope tonight is to get your brain spinning and your heart spinning and looking ahead. There's moments in time that need to be passed on. Moments when God did the amazing for us need to be passed on to future generations. Stories of breakthrough, of healing, salvation, when he saved us, provided for us. Something to point at when we're not here to point. That is the point that I'm going to try to get across here. So let's talk about time. Psalm 90, 
is a psalm that Moses wrote. You thought David wrote all the psalms. This one is about Moses, and it's a song that Moses wrote, and it's a psalm about comparing time. It's the psalm that you might be familiar with where he says that, you know, a thousand years is like a day unto you, and then people try to translate that into all kinds of weird meanings in, in Scripture about, you know, how long God took to make the earth, you know, and whatever. How many days Jesus was in the tomb was not 3,000 years in the tomb. But that's the psalm we're talking about, and would you take your Bible and turn to that psalm? Because Moses says something very important for us to understand. It's a little prayer towards the end of it. He's comparing time in this psalm, and he's looking at God's ability or God's character in nature is endless. He does, time does not apply to him. There's no beginning, no end. And then he says, but yet we fade like the grass. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And then he says, uh, i got to turn there. Excuse me. Psalm 90. Let's look at verse... Twelve, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So why don't you fill these in? The highest valued commodity, let's back up just a minute. The highest valued commodity in family is time. Parents who don't get to see their kids anymore. Maybe they've gone to college. Maybe they don't live nearby any longer. The highest value commodity is time. It's not anything else that you own. It's the time you got to spend together. I love to talk to my mother on the phone. Whenever I do, my accent changes. And, you know, I t start talking very, uh, draw my, yeah, draw. There's no longer any Gs at the end of any verbs. I mean, it's very unusual. But we talk about times we shared together. We really don't talk about Christmas presents. We don't talk about birthday parties or anything. We talk about time that we miss and how we wish we had more time. It's the highest valued commodity. Those of you that watched an NFL football game today, some great games today, you're watching to the very end wishing there was a little more time on the clock. Even 10 seconds mattered today. Even one second mattered today in these football games. I hope your team won. I don't really have a favorite football team. Uh, Moses compares time. He laments how short man's life is. That's important to recognize. It's important for us to value that life is short. Asks God to help us see time as valuable. He's asking God to help him have the right perspective of time. When you're, well, we'll, we'll go to some examples here in, in just a moment. But every child's number one wish is time. If you ask them what's their Christmas list, they'll put things they want to hold on their list. But really, what they really, really want is time. Can't buy that at the store. You can't go exchange for it somewhere. 
Time is their greatest desire. I don't care what kind of child you have, their greatest desire from you is time. You need to remember that. It's what they'll remember more than anything, time. So how can we redeem time with family? And so I want to give you an acronym here, T-I-M-N-E. And these four little letters, I want you to think about time with your family, time with your children, whatever your family picture is. Letter T, time has to be together. Sending your children down to giving them all the money and sending them down to jump on trampolines at fly is not time together while you sit at home and do something else. Together. That's valuable. Okay? Parent present is valuable time. Somebody, the grandparent, I don't know what your family picture is, but in mine, for it to be valuable time, I need to be there. Kimmy needs to be there. Parent present. Together. The letter T. The letter I is individual. Oh my. If you got more than one child in your house, you recognize the need to spend time with each one of the children. And the more children in your house, the more challenging it becomes to spend individual quality time with each one. I have five. That's a lot of time. It takes some great intentionality on my part to spend time with each one of them. It exhausts me and wears me out to spend time with each one of them. I do special things so that I can spend time with each one of my children. There was one day I decided I'm going to take every kid out for an hour and then come back and pick up the next one. Oh my goodness, I was so exhausted. <laughs> By the time it got down to the last two, I didn't want to hear anybody talk for like days. They're all sitting at home, waiting. And here I come rolling in on hour number three. All right, where's the next one? <laughs> we only did that one once. After that, it's like, you know, maybe one a week, one every other week. Woo! That was a lot of time. Individual. I went with each one of them. Took the boys to go do something. Took girls to the, to, uh, over to the coffee shop that has all the ritzy pastries. You can get anything you want. Just be quiet for like... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm so tired. So we have a... We have uh, a few other things that we do in my house that are individual. And, and that is, every once in a while, when there's like something special that comes up that's a three or four day thing that's out of town and whatever, I take one of them with me. After we moved from Maui, we lived in Maui for 15 years, and then after we moved, we moved to Oregon for a year, and every four months, we had to fly back to Maui and go to a conference with Dr. Morocco, which is where Pastor Daniel is this weekend. Same type of thing. And so I started taking one of the kids with me every time. So they've all got to go back and do that. And then uh, Emma went to the Philippines. I took her to the Philippines a couple of years ago. It's just me and her. And then uh, last year, or two years ago, 
Me and Easton went to my grandmother's 90th birthday party together. Last year, I took Elian on a big uh, bear hunt for, a, for a whatever. And praise God we finally got one because, man, individual. It's going to cost you a lot of effort, but wow, it means so much. The letter M, meaningful. It's got to be meaningful. Okay, arms around the kids, watching cartoons and snoring is not meaningful time to them. Hey, we're going to watch this together. Hey, that was great. You guys want to watch another one? All right, push play. It was time. You have no idea what happened during that time, but it was time. Uh, I have to admit, I'm not in my 20s anymore, so I run out of gas like 5 or 6 o'clock. As soon as they eat dinner, it's like, Dad, let's play something, Dad. I used to have more energy than this. Something is wrong. Help. My notes are upside down. <laughs> meaningful. Meaningful means it's something worth remembering. Meaningful. You want to redeem time? You got to be together, do some individual things, and you got to have something meaningful. Ex letter E is experience. It's got to be, if you're going to do something special, it's got to be something that isn't in the routine of life. This is a special thing to remember. Experience, something that builds them, something that adds to them. So a together, individual, meaningful experience. Time, redeem the time with your family, with your kids. I'm not sure what that means for you, but I know what that means for me. It's costly. All right, let's take a look at the next thing. So we're talking about Moses here and his awareness that he needs to value the time he has in a greater way and asking God to help him. And we're talking about redeeming that time. Now let's take a, talk about marking that time. The name of this message is Mark the Time with Your Family. So in the Old Testament with Moses, as they're going through the desert, headed to the promised land, God institutes festivals and celebrations. Some of them are a day long, some of them are a week long, some of them longer. But as you read through those, the book of Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, you find God instituting and mandating that they have specific celebrations for one purpose, to remember. So let's take a look at that. Our children will gravitate to what we celebrate. So what exactly are we celebrating? If you celebrate your brother or one of your sons punching the other one in the face, well, guess what? You're going to get a whole bunch of more punches if that's what you celebrate. Whatever mom and dad celebrate, kids go, oh, I get it. That's what I'm going to do from now on. They really do. 
if you celebrate serving the Lord in your house, they go, oh, I get it. If I want mom and dad to celebrate me, I can, I can serve the Lord. I could do something for God. Let's take let's take a look uh, take a look at not one two three and four. God mandates celebrations to remember. Number two, celebrations communicate our values to our family. Have throwing a party for something communicates why you threw a party for that. It sets in their minds something you can't really put in there with words. It sets motivation inside them. It sets clarity about what our family is about. Without saying a whole bunch of words. Throwing a party and having celebrations about something and then saying, we're doing this because... Whatever that value is that you want passed on to on to on, throw a party about it. Celebrate. That's what God told the children of Israel to do. God knows we forget things. I, don't, I couldn't tell you what I ate for dinner last week. Well, I actually might because we have a routine in my house. Meatloaf Mondays. Taco Tuesdays, Weftover Wednesdays, Chicken Thigh Thursdays, Fishy Fridays. We instituted that so that my wife, who homeschools all five kids and everything else that goes along with that, doesn't have to sit and go, oh, my, what am I going to do for dinner tonight? Oh, yeah, it's Weftover Wednesday. Guys, raid the fridge. Whatever's in there, you just eat it. All right, so celebrations. It's much more than a holiday. Celebrating Secretary's Day is probably not going to communicate the values to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren who don't even know why they're celebrating Secretary's Day other than you said, this is a holiday. Woo, I'm off today. I'm off today doesn't pass values that you want. You make your own celebrations. Make up your own holidays. Remind them why we're doing this. That the power of traditions in your family, the power of traditions in your family puts you outside of space and time to talk to children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that you may never see. But if you start something with your family that becomes a tradition, they'll do it in the future, and then they'll do it in the future and then they'll tell, why do we do this? Uh, you can put that in order today and speak to people that you may never see. That's awesome. God wants us to do things like that. That's why he had the children of Israel doing that. We have a fun day in our house called Candy Day. Once a year, uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we have a special day called Candy Day. Here's what candy day is. Everybody get up early, eat a quick breakfast, and the rules are everybody in the house, in the kitchen, making as many goodies as we possibly can until dinner time. The kitchen is a wreck. There's stuff everywhere. Hey, who's got the... 
Hey, who's got the mixing bowl? I don't know. Who's got the... Hey, you spilled eggs everywhere. <laughs> Flower flying. Eating all along the way. If you don't label your special treat, I'll just eat it. And then you'll be upset at me. Right, Emma? Next, next time, tell me it's yours so I can eat it first. Special days, traditions. We have a few traditions on birthdays that we do. It's the prayer that I pray. I pray the same prayer since they were born. God, would you give my children undivided heart and a willing spirit to sustain them? I pray it every birthday. There's a few of our birthdays that are, that are very significant. And I remind our whole family of our son, Ikella. He is a miracle that he's alive today. And every birthday, we reflect on the fact that we, we almost didn't have him. And the, the, um, the months of work and labor and just effort that it took for Kimmy to give birth to him. She was on bed, ref, bed rest for like 19 years just to give birth to Ikella. Man, what a story that is. I don't have time to tell that today. Whoa. Celebrations. Make up your own. Okay, and then the last thing I want to point out here is building memorials. A celebration is, everybody say, ha! Okay? Yeah, but a memorial is something you hold. It's something tangible, very different than a festival or a celebration. It's something that you actually have, and you can put it in your hands. God mandates the same thing. Interesting, God knows we forget. Thank you, Lord, that he knows we forget. God mandates memorials to remember. Number one, telling Future generations is highly valuable to God. So in the book of Joshua, once you turn there, this is a familiar scripture. Joshua chapter 4. We have Joshua leading the children of Israel into the promised land, and they have to cross the Jordan River. And God does something amazing to get them across the river. He splits the water the moment the priests walk into the water with the Ark of the Covenant, the water splits, and the whole nation goes across this great river. Amazing. Well, just before they go into the water, God speaks to Joshua and gives him these instructions. Joshua chapter 4, verse 4. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had pointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. God wants the same thing in your family. Things that 
can be looked at and pointed at when you're not there to point at them. And it can be passed on. God wants the amazing things that he's done for you, which are probably different than what he's done for me and my family, to be carried on and remembered. You know why? They produce hope and faith in the next generation. When, when there's times where your faith is just crashing and it feels paper thin, times where it just feels hopeless, you can look back at something and there it is. Do you remember that? Because if God did that, then he will do it again now. That's the whole point, is to give God glory and produce faith and hope in us, in our children, in our grandchildren. And when they tell their children, hey, do you see this? Let me tell you about this. Because the same God that did this for great grandpa will do the same thing for you. That's what we want. That's why I'm saying you can cross space and time. The rules don't apply to us. Building memorials for our family. Let me help you create something, okay? Fill this in. And if it's something you're already doing in your family, that's great. But if not, I'm hoping to spark some imagination on your part. Because you know what? God has done amazing things for you and me. The fact that you're sitting here today is an amazing thing that needs to be celebrated and passed on. What is it God's done for you that should be told to your children and grandchildren? Let's take a look. First of all, make it something you cherish. Okay, now I don't know what it might be for you, the tangible object, but it's got to be something that you deem cherishable. This is now something treasured among our family. I've got some examples over here, and I'll show you in just a minute. But the second thing is keep it visible. Keep it visible. Why? We forget, and we need to see it. And you want to hear the question, what is that? Oh, let me tell you what that is. So make it something you cherish. Keep it visible. Number three. Number next, draw attention to it and tell stories. Draw attention to it and tell stories. And the last thing is, of course, pass it on. Now let me show you some things right here. I have, in my family, I started 300 years ago collecting coffee mugs. And I have dozens of coffee mugs it doesn't mean you're going to go down here to the store and buy every coffee mug they got. Okay, you make up your own. But I have significant coffee mugs that have stories with them. This doesn't look like a real big thing, but this is from my very first trip to the Philippines. And on that trip, God did miracles for us to go. God did miracles to keep us safe. God did miracles for us to pay for the trip to go. And while I'm there, I bought something. And one day when my kids move out of their house, I'm going to give them this coffee mug and say the same things that God did for me to allow me to buy this 50-cent coffee mug, he will do for you. Don't forget. Use it in your house. Look at some of these other ones here. Okay. 
All right, this one right here is from our one year we lived in Oregon. I really don't even know why we lived in Oregon. Listen, I had no intentions of ever moving from Maui. I lived two blocks from the beach on the south side in my own house that I owned. Why would I move? The only way I was going to move is three dreams, a vision, an angel at the door, and Jesus standing there going, guess what? That's what happened. I had a series of five dreams and verbal, audible, verbal commands. And I, I kept it hidden, and I didn't want to tell anybody because in the first dream, the Lord spoke clearly to me, clearly spoke to me and said, you're moving to Oregon. I did not want to move to Oregon. Why? I still can't figure it out. But guess what? 30 days after I had those series of dreams, five of them, I had five distinct dreams over four weeks. After 30 days of keeping it to myself, I didn't want to say anything out loud because now, now I got to deal with it. I said it. The Holy Ghost arrested me and said, if you don't respond, you'll be judged for it. Yikes. So I said something to my wife and we moved to Oregon. It was the gutsiest, most difficult move I've ever done. And for a year, I promise you, a year, and a little over a year, I, I can't think uh, maybe a day or two that I didn't stand there with tears in my eyes going, Lord, I can't figure out if I made a right choice or a wrong choice. It was so crushing, and it was so challenging, but it was God's plan, and I obeyed. And I made difficult decisions to uproot my family and move them without any proof that I made a right choice. Now, you try that out for size because we want evidence right away that we made a right choice, right? We love that. I went for a year and a half, and it wasn't until I moved to Alaska that it made sense to me. And this coffee mug gives me an opportunity to share with my kids, why did we move to Oregon? Because God said so. And I'm going to do what God said. Even if, it, even if it doesn't look like I made a right choice. I did what God said. Oh, look at these other ones here. Oh, boy. We got this trip halfway through Canada uh, on, on our uh, Davis family road trip from Oregon to Alaska. And what a trip it was. Ha! I think I just threw my knee out. It's kind of popping. Dr. David here? All right. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. Whoa. Adventures. You know what? I just got, look. We had this... Big U-Haul, the biggest U-Haul you could haul. And we had packed it like Tetris. You know what I'm saying? Those of you that are really good packers, and you just like get out of the way. You know who you are. 
If someone else packs, you're just like steaming and fuming. It took a small army to help us pack. We gave away most of everything that we owned, but we brought up whatever would fit in the U-Haul, and it's packed. And on the first day, we come up to the border crossing, and we're, they're just about to let us go, and the guy says, oh, by the way, do you have any firearms in your U-Haul? Well, I'm an honest, righteous person. Yes, I do. Should have lied. And then ask forgiveness on the other side. It's what I should have done. It's not what I did. Yes, I did. Do you see the letter U at the beginning of U-Haul? They're in there. And for the next four and a half hours, we emptied the U-Haul to show them my BB guns, for them to look at them, go, oh, okay, put them back in, and load it. Now I'm by myself. I don't have the small army to put it back in there. Don't need that. Almost threw the coffee mug. That was day one. You want to know some more? Okay. Come on up here. Give this, give this beautiful woman of God a big hand. Please come up here. We see ourselves as sanitary people. And we lived in Hawaii for 15 years and not once working with, I'm telling you, thousands of children that we have worked with. A lot of kids. Our average attendance was four to 500 kids in church on Sunday morning for 15 years. By the way, we're headed there. I need your help. Anyway, in all those 15 years of working hand, hand in hand with kids, we never once got ukus. Ukus is head lice. Plenty ukus in Hawaii. But we never, God gave us tremendous grace. We never had any. <laughs> Gravel came off my shoe. So on the second day of our journey, was it the second day? We stopped off to have a picnic. And... You know, we're sitting around this little picnic table somewhere in Canada, and Emma says to Kimmy, Mom, my head itches. Can you look at this? So Emma had, the week before we left to go on this long road trip, Emma had gone to youth camp in Oregon. Came home with a lot of friends... We didn't know it. Well, in order for us to pack this house and get up the Alcan, we, all my whole family moved into one room of our house and are sleeping right next to each other for 
the last week there. So she checks Emma's hair, and it's bad. Nuclear DEFCON 20, it's bad. Her whole head's moving. That's not hair blowing in the wind. So we find a hotel room in somewhere Canada, and she proceeds to check the rest of our hair, and we all have it. Okay, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with head lice before, but you either go in to win or don't even start because you will only frustrate yourself. You have to go to war. Everything in your house has to be quarantined. Boil everything you got. I'm, I'm saying, if you, if you need help, this is the lady to go see. Don't come talk to me. Those of you that are watching online, she's opened up her own clinic, Uku Free for Jesus. She will help you. So from that day all the way up, the rest of the trip in the Alcan, she sat in the back of our van pulling them out of hair instead of seeing the beautiful scenery. We're like, look, it's a bear! Missed the bear. It's a moose, it's a moose, it's a moose. Did you see it? I only saw lice for seven more days. Do you see me spitting everywhere? It's like every time I say the letter P, something flies out. Anyway, this commemorates and just builds stories. I know I'm taking some time, but I hope I'm like sparking some. We won the battle. That's right. All right, I got one last one. This is a priceless treasure. To you, it's an ugly brown coffee mug that has nothing beautiful about it. You would not pick this off the shelf and go, oh, I like that one. This is a $12,000 coffee mug. In 2011, I signed up, and I'm the only KC pastor that's that did and will ever get permission to do a 30-day missions trip. So for 30 days, I led a team through all, not all, but through most of our lower 48 extensions, and we did something like 48 events in 30 days type things, children's outreaches and things. It was a crazy schedule. You know, a few months before we went and did that, the Lord spoke to me and dropped into my heart do whatever it takes to take your whole family on this trip. Do whatever it takes. And it just would not leave my heart. So I approached Kimmy one day and I said, I think the Lord wants me to bring everybody on this trip. The cost was, I think it was four grand a person, three grand a person, something like that. We didn't have all the kids we do today. Ikella was just born. He was one. Ikella was one. So I did whatever it took. We sold stuff. I went to the bank and took out loans. I'm not telling you to do this, but God gave me a word, and I'm going to obey God. And in the same crazy, doesn't make sense way that we moved to Oregon, I paid to come up with the money somehow to pay for my family to go on the missions trip. 
And while we're there, along with a few other ones, I bought this coffee mug to commemorate. Did you know it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't even three months after we got back from that trip, the Lord provided every dollar for me to pay back everything that I did to get them on that trip. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's why this 25 cent mug that you'll probably find at a garage sale this summer is worth $12,000. Because that's what I paid to go get it. My son and I were just driving back. We were racing home. We accidentally left these at home. And I, I wanted to show it to you. And I carry them. They're so precious to me. If this thing chips, I will use whatever glue it takes to put it back together. Because those kids are going to hold this one day and say, God, you can do the amazing for me. You did the amazing for my mom and my dad. You can do that for me. What kinds of things are you passing on? You don't have to go buy coffee mugs. But there's got to be something they hold that they can say and pray what I just prayed. My wife and I just celebrated 20 years together. I got one more item. I got one more item to show you. And in 2012, the Lord clearly spoke to me what to give my wife on our 20th wedding anniversary, which is just a few weeks ago. So six years ago, the Lord dropped something in my heart, and I started working on something that I didn't think would take six years to make, but it did. And, I, and even, <laughs> even uh, after six years, I was still rushing to get some of it accomplished. I have, no, I have, I made yearbooks of our life together. I have a storage drive for my computer. I have over 30,000 pictures of our family. You know, because once you got it, once they made digital cameras, they're free. Tick, 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 tick. Pick the right, pick the nice one. And we have done over 300 big events together. We've, we've been, me and her, mostly me, but she's been on several of them. We've been on over 70 missions trips together. The things that we do over at the Menard Center, those big pumpkin patch things that we do, that's what I mean when, we, when I say we've done over 300 of those. God has done the amazing things. I've got miracles. Sitting, my treasures are sitting on the front row. And so I spent time sorting through 30,000 pictures, pulling them out one at a time. Oh, that's a good one. Whittling them down farther and farther, filtering them down. And then I put them together in collections of seasons. And I gave them to my wife on our 20th wedding anniversary. It's not really for her. It's for them. It's so they can look back when I'm not here to point at something. And they can say, here's what your grandma and grandpa were all about. Here they are telling a thousand people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Here they are in the Philippines doing whatever it took to get there. Look how many kids got saved at their event. This is what I want my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren to hear about me. I created something that crosses space and time to say something to people I'll never meet what my life was about. They're not going to remember everything I said. They're not going to remember all my stories. I hope they don't remember about Granny Puckett getting hit with the gum upside the head. 
They probably will. They're not going to, hopefully they don't remember what happened to me at Jack in the Box twenty when I was 25. Nope, not going to do it. You can ask Minister Micah. He remembers it clearly. Some stories should never be told again. Nope, I didn't say anything. Ask Minister Micah. I just want to inspire you tonight. Have fun and laugh. Family should be the funnest thing you've ever done. If it's not, you might need to change some things. Your children and your grandchildren should be the most precious treasures that you have. If they're not, you might need to rethink, what is my greatest treasure? It should be them. And I'm just trying to inspire you to go home and think about the amazing things that God has done for you. Maybe you've never told your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. They need to hear those stories. Because the same God that did those things for you will do it for them, and they need to know that. I'm going to take time to pray for you. This has been an unusual way to preach tonight, and I'm going to give these back to my wife. Oh. And uh, the next one is in the works. We'll have another one whenever a season, we're in a season of fulfillment right now. So whenever it changes to something else, There'll be a yearbook that comes out. We're going to pass them on to our kids. Let's take time and pray. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to start knowing him today. As our worship team is coming up here, they're going to start playing. But I just want you to have a moment of reflection. Greatest thing that ever happened to me is God saved my life. I was going to commit suicide when I was 17 because I honestly believed that I wasn't worth anything. Jesus came in the car with me and saved my life. I needed a savior. I couldn't save myself. I was so confused and so lost. He had to come to my rescue. And I told him at that point, Lord, if you can make something out of me, I'll give you everything. And I've done my very best to keep to that commitment. And he has blessed me so much. And I've gotten the privilege to do something for him every day. That's amazing. That same God that saved me can be your Savior. He wants to be your Savior. Have you given your life to him? Have you prayed a prayer like I prayed on that night when I was 17? Lord, if you can make something out of me, I'll give you everything. It's called surrender. I surrender to you, Jesus. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Would you be the king of my heart and my life? Would you be the the creator of my future and my destiny. If you haven't, you need to receive Jesus. Those of you that are watching online, maybe life and and family is not as fun as the things that I was just sharing about. It is if you bring Jesus into the picture. Everything can be redeemed. All the mistakes you've made with family, maybe the things you regret, they can be redeemed. He can turn it to good. But you got to start by making him your Lord and your Savior. If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you. Today's the day. I'm going to take time to pray in just a moment. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Those of you that are here and those of you watching online, and you can start that new life today and see what God can do. I'm telling you, he can do the amazing for you, for your family for your children and your grandchildren and those that you don't see yet.
I'm going to invite you to pray with me today. Why don't you stand with me just as we are wrapping up our time together. I'm going to invite you to pray with me right out loud. Why don't you say this with me? Say, Dear Lord, I choose you today to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I surrender my life to you. Make something great out of me. Do the amazing in my life. I surrender everything to you. I believe in my heart. I say it with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord. And I'm going to live for him every day. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your family here, would you gather your family around you? Whoever that might be. Maybe it's just a spouse. Maybe you got pictures of your family on your phone. Pull them out. Look at them. Whatever. We're going to take time to pray over them. If you want to imagine they're with you, just put your arms around them. Prophesy. Call into existence things that are not as though they were. I want you to pray over your family. You should pray for them every day. Come on, let's pray right now. Father, I thank you, God, for these treasures that you've given me. I am so wealthy. I have a house full of treasure. Destinies and futures unfolding before us. Callings and giftings and life, lifelong dreams coming about. Plans and purposes and things that you have intended are unfolding before us you're the great dreamer and you have a dream for every person in our family i thank you for this wonderful wonderful gift kimmy that you put us together god you've done the amazing in 20 short years and you're not done lord you're just starting to unfold the wonderful incredible indescribable plans for us it's only beginning it's just the preface has been written not even the full story has yet been told it's the glorious unfolding of your dreams and your visions for our family god would you bless everyone god would you bring it about all the prophetic words and all the prophetic dreams that have been released things that we're believing you for in our family god bring it about Come on, just pray for you as the parent. If you're a child, pray for your parents. They need prayer. Mom and dad do not have all the answers and they desperately need God to help them. So Father, we pray. I pray for me and Kimmy. God, that you would give us a special empowerment to raise our children, to create an atmosphere of the Holy Ghost, to see your plans and intentions come about in their life, to create in them a, a captivation of your presence. God, to set before them an example of selling out to you. God, may they remember that mom and dad sold out heart, soul, body, mind for you. And we saw you do the amazing as we did. May they see our service unto you and glorify you. May it bring glory in their life seeing the 
the, 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 the measure of the seed sown produce fruit in their life. I thank you, God, for the privilege of raising children. But God, I need help, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray that you give me insight and wisdom as I raise my children, even as they're entering into new seasons and, and age brackets and new feelings. And oh God, they're getting taller than me, help. Lord, I pray that you'd give me the special ability to raise them and to set their course about for you, to help them run with perseverance the race that is marked out for them. And I thank you, God. I pray for every grandparent, every auntie and uncle, God, that we would see time as precious and see time as worth marking the things that you've done within it. I'm going to not miss the days and the moments that are like sands through our fingers, God, and we can't get it back. Time and moments that will never return again. God, help us to create holidays and celebrations and to build memorials that pass through space and time and speak to a generation of our values and speak of you and your greatness. May it inspire faith and hope in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God. You are a great God, and your plans are only good. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap tonight. That was a great word, Pastor Kirsten. Did y'all get encouraged tonight? It was so good. I've got kids, just one more in the house still, <laughs> and one in college, and I just feel so inspired by that word. Let me pray for you as we go tonight. I want to remind you that um, our, about our midweek service that we have, and then also next Saturday, uh, Sunday, Pastor Daniel will be back. And so we look forward to seeing you. Don't forget about prayer on Friday night. If, the, if you'd like to come, yeah, it's powerful. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, I pray that you would bless your people. God, cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us, keep us, and give us peace. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you all. Be safe out there change the world. God bless you.